0: big question is this. How do we use the eight frameworks inside the new science of physical health to overcome this statement? Personal responsibility for your physical health is a myth and it doesn't work. These eight frameworks do. They will make you more physically healthy than 98% of people in the community that you live in. Why don't we get started in today's episode right now? Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 100 and... I think it's 107. (laughs) I can't remember. Even though I did yesterday's episode yesterday, you'd think I'd remember or take a look at it. It could be 105. It could be 106. It could be 107. 107. I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, thanks for joining me here at the Daily Drop of the New Science of Physical Health. We are back with part two of The Correct Heart Rate Pattern Matters for Health. And I said, what we're going to do is we're going to start linking the days of your heart rate pattern together. So let me just walk you through in this episode a scenario. Because today we'll look at, in this episode, we'll look at what we call the rolling seven days of your physical activity, and then we'll talk a little bit about health adaptations, and then in tomorrow's episode, we'll look at a month and then maybe a year as well and the health adaptations that happen if you have the correct heart rate pattern because I can tell you now it matters for health. All right, let's go go straight into it and talk about the scenario and the example that we're going to look at here with the correct heart rate pattern that matters for health. Let's run you through this first scenario. Let's say you or someone that you influence or teach or care about, let's say they do three days of physical activity in a given week. Let's say, well, let's just pick on. Will we pick on a young person or a middle-aged person or an older person like me. I don't consider myself to be old, but I'm fifty-five, so I'm starting to get there. Um, nevertheless. Um, Let's get back to, let me pick someone who is uh, 30 years of age. Yep, that sounds good, 30 years of age. Their heart rate pattern, if they are physically active over those three days, let's say they live at home, they don't have any kids yet, and they've got a couple of pets, a couple of dogs, and they take those dogs out for a walk. So on one of the days, their physical activity is taking... That dog's out for a walk. And let's say they go for a really good-sized walk. And when I say good-sized walk, I mean length of time. Now, I'll ask you this question. When you're out walking the dog, do you generally go fast? Now, if you go for a run with your dog, that's different than taking a walk from the dog. But I'm talking about a 30-year-old person who went for a walk with the dog. All right, let's assume they live in a fairly just a, a suburb like mine. I live in a suburb here in Sydney that's got the topography. If I walk the streets with our golden retriever, the topography is somewhat uh, up and down. It's undulating. Okay, there's a few hills there. There's a few flats. It's undulating. But walking the dog, if I was the 30-year-old person doing that, the thing that you have to understand, first of all, about correct heart rate pattern is, what would be their maximum heart rate? And if you don't know the formula, and look, there's several scientific formulas, but for health, it doesn't matter. There's one easy one to use, and it's close enough. It may not be 100% if you're a sports performance person, but when it comes to health, it's brilliant. Here it is, 220 minus your age. So if I'm the 30-year-old person, or you're the 30-year-old person, someone you teach, if you're a teacher like me, they're gonna be 30 years old one day their maximum heart rate at that point of their life would be 190 beats a minute. They go for a one hour walk around an undulating area. What do you think, out of walking the dog pace, out in a beautiful sunshine day, how high do you think that their heart rate might get in that particular situation? They're not running with the dog, they're just out taking for a walk, they've got the dog on a lead, and let's say, for example, They get their heart rate up on the undulating situations. They might get it up to, I'll be generous and say 135 beats. Now, if we work that out as a percentage of their maximum, it's 70%, 71%. Let's just call it 70%. But that's at the undula, the hot, where they're walking up a hill. Get to 135, walking up the hill. And... Let's, and that'd be a sharp hills, but let's say then there's some flats where they're walking over that one hour period of time. And when they're on their flats, their heart rate might be 120 beats a minute. That would be for that particular person at 63% of their maximum heart rate. It's already starting to get complicated, isn't it? This whole, the correct heart rate pattern matters for health. It's like, oh, this sounds like a nightmare. How do we figure this out? Let's say that the average that they did was 129 beats. So they get back, they look at their look at their heart rate pattern and their and their software, whatever app they use, iOS or Android, doesn't matter. Their heart rate pattern from their wristwatch tells them that they achieved an average of 129 beats a minute. For that person who's 30 years of age, that means they had an average heart rate, if you want to be a stickler, 67.8%. Let's just call it 68%. That's day one. They had an average heart rate number of 68% of their maximum, if you look at their heart rate graph. Then this person's 30, they're kind of into a bit of recreational sport still. Not many adults are, are they? Think about people where you live. And let's say they go out and do some beach volleyball. I don't live too far from the beach. I grew up near the beach. We used to go and do beach volleyball. And let's say they go and do some beach volleyball for an afternoon. And they stick up the nets, and they just go and have some fun with their friends, enjoying some fun. But it's still physical activity. Let's say that the average they played a pretty intense game of beach volleyball, having some fun. They're still thirty years of age. They like to be mildly competitive, and they average for that particular day one hundred and thirty-five beats a minute. Well, actually, that's pretty high for a game of beach volleyball. Still, it's on the beach, working in the sands, pretty hard, running around a fair bit. Might be two-person volleyball, beach volleyball. So two versus two, let's say they average 135. And for that particular person, that means they're averaging 71%. So we add that plus their 68%, their two days have got, they're on 68%. They've averaged, so if, oh, so what have we got? No, we've got 71%. I made that mistake there on my calculations. Plus their 68 divided by two, they've averaged 69.5%. Let's call it an even 70%. Then they decide on day number three, they're going to the gym. They're going to do some weights. They're going to do a little bit of cardio. They average in that whole 45 minutes. They're not doing a fitness class. They're just averaging between their weights and their cardio. They might average, they have a pretty good session, might average 140 beats a minute. Well, that 140 beats, that's getting up there. That's the best part of 74%. So they've now got 74% for the First uh, for the third day, seventy-one percent for the second day, and the first day they had sixty-eight percent. And if you worked that out as an average over three days, they've averaged seventy-one percent. Here's what I'm going to ask you a question: If you know anything about this subject, what the heck does that tell you about the health impact? I can tell you it doesn't. You can't decipher whether or not your three days combined in that seven-day cycle actually has it done this, has it caused Molecular changes inside the human body, that that person's human body, that person's human body, it's a crazy statement, that person's body, has it caused physiological changes in that seven-day cycle to actually drive down their risk of a cardiovascular event and help lower their risk of a cancer event? But with the, the, the clinically validated health software that we have, it proves whether or not they've lowered their risk by for cardiovascular events, specifically the world's biggest cause of sickness and death. So there is no fundamental app. Through We know that heart rate is the true reflection of your body's response to physical activity. But if you look at percentages, time spent in zones, it doesn't tell you, did you reduce your chance of arrhythmia? That's a form of heart disease. Did you reduce your chance of thrombosis? Another form of heart disease. Did you reduce your chance of atherosclerosis? Another form of blood vessel disease and heart disease. And there's another one off the top of my head. I'm thinking in the quadrant here um, of a diagram that I created called the impact quadrant, which reflects the physiological changes from the correct dose of physical activity, from the correct heart rate pattern. Uh, And so I had thrombosis. Oh, the fourth one was arrhythmia. Has it reduced your risk of an arrhythmia, heart arrhythmia? over time? The answer is, you don't know. Because looking at heart rate patterns, it's impossible to tell. What you need to do is to have clinically validated software that takes your heart rate pattern and then flips it into a health impact score. And the health impact score is based on the HUNT study, of the 45,000 people that I mentioned in yesterday's episode, and it's based on a larger population. I think it's probably getting closer towards a million people now that it's cross-validated on that says, if you have the correct health impact score, remember the health impact score, which I'm going to dive into tomorrow's episode, is a true reflection of your heart rate pattern. And if your health impact score, because it's converted your, what it's done, what, Professor Wisloff and his team have done is convert heart rate patterns into a health impact score. And if you've done the correct dose of physical activity, it will have driven down your risk of arrhythmia, thrombosis, atherosclerosis, and the other one, ischemia, ischemic diseases of the heart. So the problem is that people don't, no, and they have no concept of whether it's driven down those physio- the physiological risk, driven, improved your health adaptations. Are you classified as physically healthy yet? How do you know when you are? That's the great challenge that comes from looking at the title of this episode, The Correct Heart Rate Pattern Matters for Health. So here we are. I'm going to finish up today's episode. Tomorrow's episode is when we dive into this whole conversion of heart rate patterns into a health impact score and linking your seven days, like I went through this three-day example, someone might do five, you could do six days of exercise, what you think is the correct dose of exercise, and still be nowhere near the correct health impact score. So tomorrow, let's look at health impact score in a minute in more detail. Then we'll look at another example of how you link historically every rolling seven days. Some of these professors in the world now are absolute geniuses to provide us with tools that can literally change our physical health destiny. Thanks for joining me in this episode, everybody. Can't wait to share with you tomorrow how we convert heart rate patterns into a health impact score, and then what does that actually mean for your physiological and molecular health adaptations that then drives risk reduction. That's the big thing. Alright, everybody, wherever you're up to in your day, it has been fantastic sharing with you. You can probably tell just from my voice, I am somewhat obsessed with this topic. I love it. I really want to make a difference. I want to help people change and improve their physical health destiny. Alright, everybody, share with you tomorrow. Bye for now.